0: Good morning. Um, it is it is good to be here. Uh, over the last six months, I have been going through a fire, and there's a song that says there's another in the fire standing next to me, and and I know that we have a church we've been walking together, and, and I have really experienced the very real presence of God. So keep praying for us, for our family. Uh, I know that we're in God's hands. Um, I, I don't have a perfect life. I don't pretend to have a perfect life yet. I serve a perfect God. And, and he is worthy of praise. So he's using every circumstance to mold us to become more like him, which I'm grateful to him for. Uh, And my heart is to honor him and walk in his purpose as we should all have. Uh, And like Brent said a little while ago when he was preaching, he said, sometimes God takes us around the storm. Sometimes God takes us right through the middle. And this is one of the middle of the storm situations, but God is still with me in the storm, you know, we serve a God who walks on water, we serve a God who rests in the storm, he controls the wind and the waves, so I'm in his hands and I'm in a good place, so thank you for your prayers and I have been praying for you too, so um, we're going to get straight into it, I'm going to run some practical things before we get into today's message. If you have got your books here, today there will be a space to take place, uh, to take notes on page 2. So I trust that you all have a pen. We were meant to have a whole bunch of pens spreading around, so I'm not sure if you got one. Um, if not, it is recorded. You can watch again, and you can go over it and fill in the spots. Um, the course is not to busy us. We feel this churchwide campaign is a, is a response to God. We have prayed. We've trusted Him. We think it's a good thing. There's lots of other partnering churches around the country actually doing this course. It's very, very good. So it's not to busy us. It's to bless us. Uh, some of you you may need to discover your purpose from scratch. You have absolutely no idea why you are here, why you are alive, why you were born. And other people might need, might need to just fine-tune their purpose and discover God in the middle of this journey. So we're going to get into it. I just want to thank Taryn Williams and Steve Wimble for putting this together. It took a huge amount of work, but at the same time, they have a huge amount of talent. And these books, just so that you know, they're not just, um, they weren't free to print. They cost money. So can you invest yourself in God in these books? Because we're sowing back into you because we trust that God's going to do something with us. There's a place for daily devotion, there's a place to take notes, and there's place for the life groups. So, getting into today's message, I will start as Steve does. How many of you have ever read or watched Alice in Wonderland? Okay, most of you. In the book, Alice asks the Cheshire Cat this question. Would you tell me, please, which way I ought to go from here? And the cat answers, that depends a good deal on where you want to get to. I don't much care where, said Alice. Then it doesn't matter which way you go, said the cat. So the title, and I don't want to just stand up here and believe me, I have walked through some stuff. I don't want to stand up here and just preach as something I'm not challenged myself. So I've been asking this question, and I've been seeking God to discover the answer. Where do you want to get to? When we live life without purpose, we like a little rudderless boat on the ocean, and what we do, we get pulled by every wind, wave, and current, and we end up all over the place, and eventually what we do is we attach ourselves to something that is generally unhelpful. It makes us feel happy, but it normally takes us away from our purpose. So today the question is, where do we want to get to? Where do we need to get to? Where are you going? Where is your life heading right now? What is the trajectory of your life? Yet if we are like Alice and the thinking is, I don't really care. Well, then it doesn't really matter. But if you are here today and you're thinking, actually, I do want to have the answer to that question. Because if you're in the room, by default, you probably want some direction in your life. Or you've been invited by somebody who really cares about you. And they're trusting that God will continue to lead you in the right direction. So this morning's message, to simplify it. Now, I know that was just foundational stuff. To simplify it, we're going to break it into three groups of three. Um, So the first one is three points around our primary text. And the primary text scripture is powerful and it's going to change our lives. So as you go through this text, I trust that it'll become part of you. It'll change you. Then we're going to three false purposes to avoid. And it's an easy trap to fall in. Many people fall into these traps. And then three pivotal questions that we're going to ask and we're going to answer to discover our purpose. So the main scripture for the whole series, try and memorize it, try and take it to heart is this. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. The first thing to note from the scripture is this. If you're taking notes, this is your first point. Who has done the initial work? God himself seems so trivial, but it's absolutely profound. To discover our purpose is to discover God. We have to go to God if we want to discover why we were born and why we exist. Um, We go to God and we say, Lord, what is your purpose for my life? Yet what many of us do is determine our own purpose and then try to include God in the journey. I'm going there, and Lord, I, I hope you will come with me, as opposed to, Lord, where are you going? Because wherever you are, I want to be there too. And that's my heart. Lord, wherever you go, I will go there. So I'm not standing here to entertain. I'm not standing here because I'm standing here because I feel I'm walking exactly in the call of God on my life. And I stand because I want to honor him with that call. So, Lord, where you go, I will follow. Many people say, this is my will, Lord. Please bless it. Instead of, Lord, what is your will? Because if I walk in it, it's already blessed. God says, my blessing is there. All you have to do is walk in obedience and you will by default walk in the blessing of God. Right. So God created us. Ooh. on purpose with purpose to do good works I remember the one day I was at church I got up a little bit early and actually it wasn't that early for the guys that set up, it was probably late um, and I remember I was in that car park over there uh, the teacher's parking and I hardly ever go there, especially in the morning uh, and this guy rode in on his motorbike and as he rides in on his motorbike he says he said to me what time does the service start so I said, it's 9 o'clock so he goes, oh well I'm too early, I'm going home so I said to him, well, you know, he's never been to the church before. I said, why don't you come back at nine o'clock? So he said, who are you? So I said, ah, no, I'm the pastor here. So he goes, ah, okay, so you want my money. Uh, and I said, so no, 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 no. I said, why don't you come back in an hour's time and keep your money? Just come and enjoy the service. And what he did was he came back in an hour's time. And he stood there and he watched and he observed. And then after a little while, he got involved. And then a little while later, he, he became a deacon. And then a little bit after that, or a couple of years after that, he became an elder, and then over the last six months, he was essentially leading the church while I was away. Um, he was a man that had lived with some sense of purpose. Then he had wandered off and he was living absolutely for his own purpose, and then all of a sudden he realised that in his life of purposelessness, he came back to God, and in that God put him back in the purpose he belonged. That's Colin, who is not here today. I, I asked him if I could share a bit of his story. He got you pretty grumpy. Uh, And I'm just, no, he's not grumpy. Okay, the starting point is not you and I. It has to be God. Uh, In the world, there are a whole bunch of conflicting, competing, confusing answers to the question, what is the purpose of life? Surely you've all asked yourselves that question. What is the purpose of life? One of the major worldviews is the Eastern world religion, and that includes Buddhism and Hinduism. And this is what the Buddhist priests, I must not swear when I say his name, Takafumi Kawakami. <laughs> We're all good. This is what he says to the question, what is the meaning of life? Now imagine you go to the Buddhist priest, the guy that wants to represent life, and you ask him the question, what's the purpose? This is his response. There's no purpose in your life. You are born, you die. You are born, you die. Like physics, like dominoes, you knock one and they keep falling that way. For individual human beings, there is no purpose. Imagine that life. So the philosophy is this. You live your best life, and then you come back in the next life to get punished for the things you did wrong in the life before. So every life, you're trying to live a better life because you don't want to come back, you know, like, so if you really live a bad life now, then, then you come back in your next life and you're like a Stormer's supporter, or something like that. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. The jokes. Some things never change. Anyway, for our Stormer's guests that are never coming back, I'm just joking. Um, so, when, when we start living our lives around a bad purpose, what happens is, is, is they just live this meaningless life and thinking, well, I need, to, I need to improve my life so I can come back with a better life. It's hopeless. The second competing worldview is the secular worldview, atheism, naturalism. And, and I would go as far as to say, as Steve does, that those that hold a nominal view of Christianity are still in the same boat, right? And that's, you know, that's... God is there to serve my purposes instead of me being there to serve his. God is not there to serve our purposes. We are there to serve his purposes. And he demonstrated that by serving us. Um, And if you have a nominal view of Christianity, it goes like this. Well, I was born in a Christian country. I went to a Christian school. Therefore, I guess if you ask me on a form what I am, I say I'm, I'm a Christian. So the secular answer to the question is, what is the purpose of life? This is the answer. It's whatever you want it to be. Life is whatever you want it to be. You are the center of your own existence and life revolves around you. If it works for you, go for it. If it makes you happy, do it because you are the center of your existence. The Eastern worldview, there is no purpose. The secular worldview is you are the purpose. You are the God of your own small g, the God of your own existence, fueled by feelings and not by faith. And in contrast, we get the biblical worldview. And the Bible worldview says this, there is a purpose to your life. There's a creator that created you on purpose, with purpose, to reflect his purpose. And when we go to him, we start to discover why we were born and what we're all about. Like I mentioned Colin earlier, he went from living life with his own purpose to discover no purpose. So he put his life in the hands of the God of purpose, and he discovered his purpose. And man, love, did he walk in that. Let me tell you something about Colin while he's not here. There's, a, there's a, something here while he's not here, Colin. Um, I can tell you this about this man that I've gotten to know. There's a phrase in scripture, it says this, to live is Christ, to die is gain. That's Colin, 100%. His life has been set apart to serve the purposes of God at all expenses. Uh, so maybe... You are in this place, and you're thinking, maybe purpose will be found at the bottom of a wine bottle. Like, uh, and I think Colin did that. And then you look at the, end, the bottom of the wine bottle, and it's empty. And that's what your purpose reflects. It's just empty. Uh, off the topic, I heard a quote the other day that said, drinking, am I getting bummed? Drinking is borrowing happiness from tomorrow. But anyway, that's, that's off the point. So what is the starting point to discover our Purpose. It's to recognize the one who loves us and created us and called us according to his purpose. If God is not your starting point, then you will drift through life purposelessly. You will be going through and thinking, what's the point? I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to repeat that process. I'm going to eat, sleep, go to work. You know, just the same thing over and over and over until I die. Hopeless. But that's not the God that we serve. He, He birthed you with purpose, on purpose, and it's something divine. Number two, God does a work in us. Take this to heart. Don't worry about the person next to you. Imagine this is coming from the Lord speaking. You are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. The word handiwork in other translations is the word masterpiece. You are a masterpiece of God. You are the masterpiece of God. The root word for for the Greek word there for masterpiece is the word poetry. Right, You are a specifically unique masterpiece, created by God as an expression of His genius, set apart to reflect His glory. There is an incredible mandate on your life. There's something significant to why you were born. Only you can be in the chair you in now. And everybody else's perspective has shifted around, but God placed you exactly where He wants you, and God is working with you. Um, so, Like God is taking all of us and he's shaping us into a puzzle where every piece is absolutely unique and specific. And then he makes a masterpiece of masterpieces. So God is busy doing something with your life to fit you into his grand scheme, his masterpiece. Number three, God does a work through us. So God calls us to do good works that he prepared in advance for us to do. Imagine each one of us being a diamond, Being shaped by God himself, a treasure that he delights in. And then as he admires his work, he sees his own reflection in the diamond. So God is shaping this diamond. And as he holds the diamond up, he sees his own reflection. And then his reflection bounces off the diamond onto the people around us. Right? And a diamond doesn't sparkle because it's a diamond. A diamond only sparkles because you shine a light on it. So when we position ourselves in the presence of God, in the light of God and who He is, then all of a sudden we start to reflect and radiate who He is to the world. And as City Hill Church, let me prophesy because we've had incredible words um, at the prayer meeting from Kim, from Donnie, from Kim uh, again today. Incredible words about the future that God has for us. We as City Hill Church are a diamond city that reflect the light and love an existence of God to the community. And each one of you makes up an integral part, and every single one of you is incredibly significant, a masterpiece, a poetic expression of God himself, ambassadors of the Most High King. The thing about being a diamond, as you know where I'm going with this, sometimes it it really hurts when you have to be shaped. Uh, Believe me, I know. But God loves us so much that he's not going to allow us to remain a way that he didn't create us. So therefore he will shape us to be who reflects him. And if Jesus is reflected in the end result, it's worth it. It's worth it. If God is not shaping our purpose, then pain is just pain. But if God is doing something... Then there's a purpose in the pain, and God will reflect who He is to the world. Um, and our lives are not random; they have reason and rhyme. Uh, we are created to reflect God. Uh, have we? We need to now. No one can do this for you. You need to place yourself in the Creator's hand, and when He holds you up, you don't go, "Oh, look at me! Look how high I am!" Instead, you think, "This, wow! Look who's holding me." It's not about being elevated. It's about the one who holds and shapes and elevates. I've got a picture of a diamond up there. There we go. Now on the left is, is just an uncut diamond. And some of us, we arrive like that. And then God starts to take us from bland to brilliant. And if you shine a torch on the one on the left, it might have a little bit of a light. But if you shine a torch on the one on the right, it's going to sparkle and everyone would see it. God is busy doing something with your life and nothing is for nothing. Nothing. God uses all things together for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. But when you live for your own, it's purposeless. Purposeless. Try be the sloth from Ice Age saying that. Um, so, whether you know your purpose. <laughs> oh, my word, because I, I, I got dive bombed on TV. Is it something I said? <laughs> no, I'm moving right along. Is it gonna do it again? Where is it? Okay. No, I'm just joking. I planned that to make sure you were <laughs> to make sure you were paying attention. To make sure I was paying attention. Moving along. Okay. Whether you know your purpose or you don't know your purpose over the numb. Over the next six weeks, we are going to discover our purposes. Now, as much as there are genuine things, there are a whole bunch of counterfeit purposes that we need to avoid. So, they're pseudo purposes. So, what I'm going to do is is following Steve's illustration. I know it's hot. Living a life without purpose is like a planet going through space, and the planet goes through space, and it it just you know it drifts through space, and then it. I mean, not not yeah, a planet. Drifts through space, and then it finds a star, and it begins to orbit that star. Thank you, Dale. I <laughs> appreciate the effort. Um, so, back to... Pardon? Really? They went to get food for their babies. <laughs> what, what has my head got to do with their babies? Okay. Please stop distracting us. Okay, so, life without purpose is like a star drifting through space. And what happens is eventually that star, um, I mean a planet, finds a star and it starts to orbit that star, right? But then what happens is stars, if they go bad, they become black holes and they pull everything into it, including the light. So if you don't find purpose around the sun, like the earth goes around the sun, if we don't find purpose around the sun, S-O-N, then we start to drift around black holes that suck everything from us into themselves and destroy us. Right. So what are some black holes to avoid? Number one, the black hole of me, myself, and I. Western culture creates this black hole that says it's all about me. My happiness, my comfort, my success, my name, my fame, my fortune, my things, it's all about me. If it makes me happy, go for it. And this is what Paul speaks into this, me, myself, and our generation. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 and 15. By the way, Scripture holds incredible power in life. So don't let it be like the Scripture part. That's not the fun part. The Scripture is what holds life. For Christ's love compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all. We, as believers, are convinced that one died for all. And therefore all died. I died to myself. I stand here because I serve the purposes of Jesus Christ. I died to me. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. We once did, but we no longer live for ourselves, but for him who died and for them and was raised again. In the Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, he's an author who wrote a very, very popular book, um, Christian book, probably second after the Bible in terms of popularity. It's a hugely popular Christian book. This is how he starts the book discussing purpose. He says this, first line, it's not about you. If the sun, S-O-N, is not our orbit, then we orbit around the black hole of me, myself and I, and things go from dark to darker, void of light. Augustus Caesar he was the ruler of the Roman Empire, and the Roman Empire ruled the world. So he was a very significant, powerful man. And this is what Caesar used to do. They used to have pictures of him everywhere and statues. So anyone that walked along the streets that saw, they were like, that's Caesar. That's the man to whom we have our allegiance to. He rules the world, Caesar. Right? And today's generation post more pictures of themselves in one month than Caesar had images of himself made in his lifetime. Listen to this. D.L. Moody says this. Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. You might be a huge success in what you're doing. If it holds no eternal value, it holds no value, essentially. If anything, it could just be a wonderful black hole. I'll read it again. Our greatest fear... Should not be a failure, but of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter. Success around a black hole. Number two. Black hole number two is material things. Because you know that we are living in a material world. And I, okay, Madonna. Okay, this is the next black hole, right, that we're talking about. We want more. And then we need more to maintain more, and then it costs more, and everything we have needs to be upgraded, updated, and upscaled, and our satisfaction is just on the other side of more. Just give me the next thing, the next achievement, the next upgrade, and then I will be satisfied. We want more all the time because we think our satisfaction is there. It's not there. The lesson to learn is this, that our self-worth is not determined by our net worth. So important. Our self-worth must never be determined by our net worth. So good. After uh, John D. Rockefeller died, still equivalently the richest man to live in our modern era, after he died, someone asked his accountant, just how much money did he leave behind? And the answer? All of it. All of it. What do we take when we die? Nothing. What do we leave behind? Everything. Everything. To discover and walk in our purpose is to invest in that which holds eternal value. Otherwise, it's a black hole. Well, guys, these also, they're books and they are double up as a fan. So you're not taking notes. Um, Luke 12 verse 15. Then he said, this is what Jesus says to those that are like, want more. Then he said to them, watch out. It's like exclamation mark. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. The third black hole, and there are a lot more black holes I'm sure you can identify in the world and in your life, maybe. The third black hole is the approval of others. Encouragement is healthy, and I appreciate your encouragement. Um, It's a wonderful thing. It's a gift. It's something godly. But when we live for the approval of others, we get pulled into a black hole. Alain de Botton, he's a current-day philosopher. He says this: the approval of others matters to us because we are afflicted by an uncertainty to, as to our own value. As to our own value, as a result, we tend to allow others' appraisals to play a determin, determining role in how we see ourselves. Our sense of identity is held in captive by the judgment of those we live among. When we don't understand our intrinsic value, our God-given identity, who we are, then what we do is we start to live our lives around the black hole of other people's opinions. (laughs) And then, if you live for other people's opinions, let me tell you, you will be controlled by their approval and disapproval. Some of you, this morning, need to be broken free from the opinions of other people. Everyone has an opinion. The enemy has an opinion of you. People have an opinion of you. God has an opinion of you. And I want to live my life saying this: the opinion of God Himself is what I hold on to. The purpose and the call of God. I don't stand here for you, I stand here for Him and love you. Right? So we are image bearers of God Himself. And He placed a value on your life. Every single one of you is significant. Making up this tapestry of art that God has prepared in advance. He placed a value and call over your lives. And you need to recognize what you're worth. Listen to what Paul says when he speaks about living for the approval of others. Galatians 1 verse 10. Am I trying, now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? When we live for, the approval, for God's approval, we live differently. Let me tell you, if you're living right now and you're in this room and you're like, Lord, I say yes to you. I lay down my life. I live for your approval only. You will live life in a particular way. Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. The, third black, uh, the three black holes are, oh, wow, have I gone up? Have I got an echo? The three black holes have, they have all contrast to that initial scripture that we looked at, Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Before you were even born, God had an incredible purpose for your life. And you can choose to walk in it or orbit around a black hole that will destroy. Now, end with three quick questions. The last group of three. What is God's purpose for all his children? There are general purposes for all Christian, Christians. Christians For Christianity 101, there's a general purpose for all of us. And then there are specific purposes for all of us. So Steve Wimble's broken it into five groups of C, right, for our general purposes. This is our general purpose. And we're going to be covering these over the next few weeks. Christ. Christ-likeness, common good, community, and the Great Commission. Christ, Christ Christ-likeness, common good, community, and the Great Commission. So over the next few weeks, we're going to go into detail on all of those. And I want to say this. Each week is different. Each week is powerful. Each week is unique. So try and be here. I know that some people go to church every second week. Try and be here every week for the next six weeks. And trust God. Don't just think, I hope it entertains me. Say, Lord Jesus... The living God, help me to discover and walk in my purpose so that I can glorify and reflect who you are to the world. And if I need some fine-tuning, they'll bring it. If I have no idea, Lord, show me. Right? So we're going to go deeper. And if you're here today and you have no idea, in six weeks' time, you will have five purposes to live for. Uh, I encourage you to be here. Number two, what is God's purpose for me personally? In the life groups, what we are going to do is we're going to Ask and answer seven questions that help us discover our personal calling, our personal purpose. So, if you are not in a life group, I want to reiterate what Brent said. If you are not in a life group, then come to the school, and we will run it. We'll pre-meeting will be from six to six forty, and then we'll move across to wherever we need to be, and we'll set up. and It'll probably finish by about eight o'clock. If you need to go by eight o'clock, we'll be done. Eight thirty, if you want to mingle for a little bit. If you are not in a laugh group. Come, even if there's three or four people, that's fine. But let's not miss out on what God can do if we will allow him to work through what we prepared. Uh, Acts 13, verse 36. Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. I read a wonderful quote that said, we are immortal until we fulfill the will of God for our lives. But then we have to choose to walk in it. I trust God with my life. And I trust that I will serve him with the purposes of God a life in submission to Jesus. And then the last question, how do I fulfill God's purpose? To discover our purpose is one thing. To walk in it is something else. You know, it's being like, it's like you, to be trained for war is one thing, but to see victory is something else. We don't want to just be trained for war and sit as spectators that never actually go. We want to we see victory in our lives. Matthew 11 verse 12. And from the time... John the Baptist began preaching until now the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. There is nothing passive about serving the king and his kingdom. There will be an onslaught against your life to try and pull you away from the purposes of God. And if you do discover your purpose, then it'll be to distract you or stop you from walking in it. The devil will see no victory in our space. We trust him completely. We trust God completely. Um, there is an enemy trying to pull you away from the purposes of God. He will not succeed. Not today. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. Wow, it is warm. It is very warm. Um, I'm going to pray. Some of you need to be reminded you are a masterpiece created by God on purpose. Jesus Christ is the way to discover the purpose you were born. Otherwise, you will serve many black holes, even religion. But relationship is purpose to live for. God loves you. He's with you. He cares. He's called you. You are incredibly valuable. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray for, for, for us and our families that we will seek and serve the king and his kingdom. That we serve you, Jesus. That we, as we lay down our lives, we don't lay down our lives just to pick them up again. To go our own way. But we lay down our lives to serve you, the living God. I pray, Lord, that everybody in this room will have a revelation of your presence. A revelation of your power. They will have a revelation of why they were born, and then they will walk in that purpose. The starting point to discovering purpose is a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you are in this room, and you, that is not where you are at, you haven't got a relationship with Jesus, I want you to put your hand up where you're at right now, and I'm going to pray. So Lord Jesus, I thank you that you will convict the people in this room, that if there's somebody here that hasn't got a personal relationship with you, Lord, they are going through life without purpose. If that is them, I pray, Lord Jesus, you'll speak to them now. Thank you. I can see your hand, and your hand, and your hand, and your hand. I pray, Lord Jesus, for those people that are raising their hands now. I thank you that today will be a new day. That today they start walking in divine purpose. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you will set them apart as a display of your glory. I pray, Lord Jesus, that they will recognize that they are wonderfully and fearfully made. Diamonds being shaped to reflect who you are. Break the lies of the enemy over them. And I thank you, Jesus, from this day forward, they serve the king and the kingdom. I pray for all of us, Lord Jesus, that we will walk in divine purpose. Whether it's just chatting to someone at the shops after the service, whether it's chatting to our families, whether it's just our personal prayer life, we will serve you with everything we've got. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.